Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hi, welcome again to another Shutterbug Life podcast. My name is Linford Morton, but of course, you can call me Lynn. Glad you're deciding to start your week again with us in this podcast. You're a part of a community right now of enthusiast photographers who just love this stuff so much. We eat, breathe, and sleep it, and we do it for the love of photography, not necessarily for the paycheck. So welcome. I'm glad you're here with us. And if you're back again from previous episodes, welcome back. I'm so glad to have you. Now, I've been on this gear kick lately. Um, I think the last episode I talked about the gear you already have. And today I'm going to talk about buying gear again. And one of the reasons is I spent this week um, looking at the my, my completely biased camera buying guide, which is something I started about almost two years ago now. Wow. Has it been that long? Yeah. Well, okay. Two, almost two years ago now, the com- completely biased camera buying guide. And I started working on it again this past week and I've got it to what I called the version two of it, the version two of the completely biased camera buying guide. Now I launched this when I, when I launched this, I, my, my, my aim was to give advice to help you make better buying decisions and, and not the kind of, of, um, neutral, um, politically correct advice that most people feel the need to give, you know, I have some definite opinions based on my lifetime with photography, and I just wanted to be able to lay them out there honestly, and and hopefully that'll be helpful for you. So that's why I call it completely biased, but hopefully still helpful uh, camera buying guide. So I started working on it. And I said, you know, I really, it's time to me, for me to uh, sort of see where this is and what I might need to do next with it. And, and I, when I launched it, I was going to a, it was soon after I was going to a, a photography show, 2013 Photo Plus Expo in New York City. And I said, hey, if you guys have any questions you want me to research, just send them to me. You know, I'll look into them and then I will report back on what I found and on the blog post. And so I got a number of questions. I went out and, you know, rip, reported back on them. And then I, over the last couple of years, I've been sort of writing and doing screencasts and podcasts and different things about topics related to buying cameras, gear, and all this other stuff. And, and what I realized when I looked back at what I'd done after I decided to go back and find it all, I uh, was that, you know, there's quite a, a, a fair amount of coverage there that, that covers, I think, most of the aspects that you want to cover if you're really seriously looking at buying uh, or making a buying decision. So, but part of what I did was go. I went back and I reorganized it, and then um, gave it a facelift so that it'd be easier to find um, information based on what you're looking for. So, 
And you, you'll find that. I'm, I'm going to have that in the, a link to that in the show notes. But of course, it's on the Shutterbug Life podcast. Shutterbuglife.com forward slash guide will take you directly to it. So anyway, I, I, that's what I've been working on. And the the next part now, because I have the the posts where I talk about different things you'll want to consider as you buy, you know, cameras, lenses, accessories, all that other stuff. And then I have the responses to specific questions. What about the Mark, you know, 5D Mark III? What about the 60? What about? I've got a section on those. And then I have a section for people who say, you know what, just tell me what to buy. And because I, I, I've heard that as well. Like, you know, I, I don't want think about this. Just tell me what to buy. And so I have a section there for that as well. I'll tell you more about all of this at the end of uh, at the end of the podcast episode. But anyway, I just I wanted to let you know that that's out there. And that's what I was thinking about when I came up with um, this week's topic. Now, online, you'll see people who are getting ready to buy or thinking about buying gear and you'll see them making I hate you know, mistakes, right? And and I, I hate to see this because I've made some of the same mistakes myself and I'm hoping you know that we could help steer people who are coming along from making the same mistakes we have made or other people have made along the way. And so in looking at this I found about seven mistakes um, that most, I, I call it for the title, rookie photographers make when they're buying cameras or camera gear. And uh, again, not to be mean, but it's usually people who are fairly, who, who it's your first time buying that kind of camera or that kind of gear or getting into a new, um, a new genre of, of gear that you're looking to buy, but you're, but you're making one of these mistakes. And I, I want to make sure that um, we cover them so that you'd, if you see yourself there, you have time to react and and correct for the next time you go out and try to make a purchase. So that's what um, this week's uh, will will be about. And and then of course at the end of the podcast, or at the end of, after I've talked about the seven mistakes, I'll play as the intro that I have on the opening of the. Uh, completely biased camera buying guide so you can get a sense of a little better sense of what might be there and if it would be helpful for you because I'm going to ask for your help anyway after you've seen what's there and if you're thinking about buying a camera if there's something there that I haven't addressed I certainly want to know about it so I can plan for it in the future so you can just shoot me an email lynn at shutterbuglife.com and ask your specific question or any question you have related to your next camera buying purchase and I should be able to consider it for that. All right. So that's what today looks like. Thank you so much for starting your week with us. We're going to have a little fun after we come back next. All right. So the seven mistakes rookie photographers make when they're buying a new camera. And here they are in no particular order, the seven mistakes. And the first one, I think is probably the most important one is not considering your use case. 
So by that, by, what I mean by that is you'll see this over and over again. Someone will go online and post into a forum, I'm thinking about buying a camera. Which one should I buy? Any recommendations? And almost certainly what you'll get back from the experienced photographers in the community are just a peppering of questions. And it's not because they want to make you feel smaller or, or they want to be mean or anything. It's that you can't really answer that question without knowing more. All right. You, you can't really know what's the best camera for you unless you know what you're going to be shooting, what conditions you, you'll be shooting in mostly and what you want the camera to do for you. And, and quite honestly, I'm surprised more people don't consider that. And, and it might be just that, you know, you're just out shooting and you think, OK, it's time for an upgrade. And in in a previous post I did, I think on one of the podcasts, we talk about, you know, the seven features worth upgrading for. That's worth uh, checking out, too. I think that's also as a podcast and as well as a post that you'll find on at the guide. And one of the things we say is, you know, what is it that you can't do with what you have now that you want to do? You know, what situation are you finding yourself in that you want to, a new camera to help you correct? You, you know, or and even if you're not doing it, you know, where are you likely to be shooting most of your pictures? Because, you know, I, I, I've, I've run into a number of frustrated photographers who say, oh, my goodness, I bought this camera because I wanted to follow my son who is a wrestler and he's always in these, you know, dark gyms wrestling and this camera just doesn't do it for me. And, and if, if you, if you'd thought about that before, you know, if you think about that when you're buying, like most of the times I'm going to be using this in a gymnasium is photographing people who are moving quickly in low light. Boy, it really helps you make a better decision about which camera we will be best for you. Right. So think about, you know, where will I be using it most? You know, if, if you're using it just outdoors where there's lots of light most times you shoot, then good. Then, you, you know what, you know, you can make a better decision based on that as well. You know, I have a friend who shoots primarily on 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 her phone for a lot of things. And and so for nine times out of 10, she's fine because she's shooting in, in a places where there's lots of light, where her subjects aren't moving and it's easy to do whatever she needs to do. But, you know, once or twice she went out where it was dark and suddenly figured out, whoa, you know, I guess I need a little more control if I'm going to do this kind of photography. And, and these are the kinds of things you want to think about. You know, if, if it's good enough for where you're shooting, great. But if not, then you want to think about that. So number one is not considering your use case or why you, where or why or how you will be shooting most of the time with this camera. N- number two, just and, and probably just as important, is not budgeting enough for accessories. It, you know, I just cringe when I see a photographer put a, a $3,000 camera with a $1,500 lens on top of a $20 tripod. And so there's the obvious, uh, you know, uh, protect your investment reasons for this cringing because, you know, nine times out of 10, a, 50, a $20 tripod is not going to hold that camera in a, in a way that is sturdy or safe. And if you're going to invest, you know, north of three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 in camera gear, for goodness sakes, you know, protect it with, with something better. 
and, and, and we're not even getting into the performance angle that this $20 tripod is not going to give you the steady, you know, base that you need for the weight of your camera. And so that you're, you're likely to still have camera shake, which is what you're trying to avoid anyway with your tripod. So, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, conservatively taking about 10 to 20% of your budget and use and, 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 and putting it aside for all the other things you'll need. I mean, if you have $3,000 to spend on a camera, don't spend $2,800 on a camera, you know, you know, leave, leave a bit more. And by, I have a post about you know, the, the, the nine accessories you'll need to go from good to great. You will see that also in the guide, but you want to look for your tripod. You want to have an external flash. You want to make sure you have a bag that keeps the camera safe. You want to make sure you have backup batteries in case of that, that battery, that battery will die at the worst possible time, especially in the winter time because they, they drain faster than, and especially, or if you're shooting at nighttime and you're using a lot of live view, you want to have backup batteries folks. So, you know, little things like those, you want to have enough of them so that, uh, you know, when, when you're, you're actually using that big new fancy camera, you have enough to be able to use it in a way that will not frustrate you. Okay. So put a, put aside 10 to 20% of your budget to make sure you have all the accessories you will need, um, to, 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 to get the kind of images you're looking for. And, and oh, by the way, you know, even if you can't get a tripod, find a way to stabilize. You know, even if you're, if you have a smaller camera, you can put it on these little bean bags or you might get one of those, uh, gorilla pods that will wrap around something, but you almost certainly will need something to help you. Uh, take that camera out of your hand and, and immobilize it if you um, intended to shoot more than just um, your middle of the day. Okay, so make sure you're budgeting enough for accessories at a minimum 10 to 20 percent, but you probably will need more than that. Okay. All right. Number three is only listening to the salesman and not doing your research. Now, I- embedded in this, I almost had a separate <laughs> A separate mistake called buying an expensive camera at a big box store because I tell you what you know best people like Best Buy you know they're good for buying stuff for your camera I mean for your phone or 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 small you know you know things for electronics but don't buy an expensive camera there okay and uh, yep this is part of my bias now. I was in Best Buy the other day. Well, it was a while ago now. And I saw a guy buying a Nikon D800, which for those of you who don't know, is sort of a middle to professional level Nikon DSLR full frame. And he was, you know, spending, you know, close to three grand for it. And the salesman handed him this Nikon 18 to 200 millimeter lens. Now, for those of you who shoot on Nikons and you shoot quite a bit, you 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 can imagine the horror I had when I saw the salesman handing him this lens and saying, this will work with this camera because it won't. I mean, it will work, but it won't give you the performance you're looking for. It's going to, you know, really... Um, you know, you know, uh, cut his resolution significantly, and and it's because Nikon for the full frame makes special lenses for them for their full frame cameras, and if you if you buy a lens specifically made for one of the 
eight, what they call APS dash C size um, cameras, and you put that in the full frame, you're not going to get the performance you're looking for. Now, this is the kind of thing you ought to know if you're going to spend that kind of money on a camera. You, you know, this is what I mean by not doing your research. If you are going to spend three thousand dollars on a camera. You ought to know which lenses work with it before you before you even hit the camera store, or you will just get you know a salesperson who will just tell you whatever whatever they think you want to hear, or better yet, whatever they want to sell. And and when while I pick on and Best Buy, I, you know, every now and then I'll be at my B and H or one of my favorite stores, and still hear something that goes, eh, "I need to I need to do a little more research on that before I before I take what you say as gospel," because a lot of times these these the guys and gals who work in these stores will just say stuff to you as if it's gospel, and it really ain't so. So you ought to be able to, you ought to be doing your own research and finding out more so that when you go in, you know, when you go into the store, you're going with very specific questions. There's just two or three things I don't, I'm not quite sure about. I just want to be able to see this work in front of me. And, and that's what you're going for. Not in, in, uh, in most cases. Um, so not taking what the salesman or saleswoman says at face value, do your own research. I, I have a post about the, the best sites for, um, uh, the best camera review sites. It's also on the guide. So if you want to begin doing review, looking at reviews on cameras as you're thinking about them, any one of those sites will be a great place to start. So check that out too. And and whatever you do, you know, go to somewhere like a camera, like a like a specific a camera store. If you're buying a real serious camera gear, or you know, I always you know, I, I I I love being Asian, so that. That's where I go. And even if you can't get there, you can email or you can call them and they'll sit on the phone with you and answer all your questions so that you are making good purchases. And you really want to be talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about, who you can feel comfortable listening to if you're going to be investing any serious money. OK, so not um, not doing your research um is is what is the number three the third mistake number four is not checking your existing camera networks or network of friends or any uh, or any other um, things you might already have and that that's a mistake because you know and, and, and you ought to think about that like this right what are friends for right if you can't borrow lenses from them but if all of your friends are shooting on cannons boy it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go buy yourself a nikon system because you'll be able to maybe buy something that's in the gap that they don't have and you all can can you know share so that you can offer them something they don't have in their camera bags and you can borrow something that you don't have and it gives you just a wider range of utility um, if you if you do that or just seeing what you have, you know, oh, my God, I, my dad had had a bunch of Nikons in the attic and I didn't know they were there. now. So, hey, look, if you buy a Nikon camera, as my my Nikon bud likes to say, any, any it'll fit on any Nikon made after that if you have an existing lens. And so you want to look in inventory what you already have or who's already in your network who you might be be able to share with, you know, if your family members all have 
a specific brand, then it's really a good idea to think about that brand. Now, um, so not checking your existing cameras and networks is mistake number four. And mistake number five, that'll be an obvious one, not checking it out first, not taking a test drive. I I remember a a few years ago when Nikon first introduced their their, their, uh, mirrorless cameras, I was just, oh my God, I wanted to buy one in the worst way. And I almost went out and plunked down some money for one. And I decided to rent it first. And one weekend with that camera just was enough for me to go, whoa, this is not the camera for me. This is not what I want to shoot with. This one for me is not ready for prime time. And because it was something simple like, you know, if you want to be able to shoot and change your shooting modes, you have to go two levels deep into the menu to do it, which when you're for me, because I use all my shooting modes and I, I shoot in and I I manipulate everything because I want to be able to, you know, really create when I'm shooting that became a pain in the neck really quickly. And it's the kind of thing you might not notice if you're just standing, you know, at a, at a, at the desk at a camera store with the camera person sort of breathing down your neck looking for your credit card. Um, if you have some time to get out and really shoot and play with it in a situation where you would normally be shooting, then things come up that won't, might not normally come up while you're in the camera store. So for, for many places, you can go rent the kind of cameras. If you're going to be spending more than $1,000 on a camera, I, I guarantee you can rent that camera for a weekend and for a minimal amount of money, at least see what you're getting yourself into. And then if you are, if you have a local place wherever you live that rents cameras and sells them, in many cases, they will put some of the rental fee to the brand, the purchase of the same camera. So if you rent it and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this is the one for me. Then when you take it back, they'll they'll move a little bit of that money over to to encourage you to buy it from them rather than to go rather than going somewhere else. All right. So you want to check it out first. I mean, I I lost. Oh, man, I made that mistake myself. I bought this this lens and it was an early Tamron lens, maybe about eight, nine years ago. And that lens was just I I just hated it. I hated it because it was one of those medium zooms. And when you zoomed out to wide angle, like the horizon just bowed like a sad face. It was just awful. And and then by the time I figured that out and I wanted to get rid of it, um, I tried to sell it. And and of course, you lose sort of like driving a, a new car off of the lot. You never get back what you put into it. And so now. Now it becomes a money losing, you know, how much, how, how much, how much losses can I, can I save myself from by getting rid of this thing quickly rather than just renting it first and real, and I would have realized, nah, this ain't the one for me. Okay. So make sure you take a test drive first before you spend any significant amount of money on camera or lens. All right. So not checking it out first is mistake number five. And mistake number six is... Buying the celebrity photographer's camera. 
And so what does that mean? You know, I have a post there, you know, Scott Kelby announced that he's no longer shooting a Nikon. He's now shooting on cannons. And I'm thinking so flippin' what? Who cares what Scott Kelby is shooting on? Now, he announces this because, you know, Canon is paying him. Yeah, I mean, when these guys make these announcements, they're not buying their own cameras. They're giving them cameras, folks. And you know what? If you want to give me access to the entire line of any camera manufacturer's cameras, I'd be happy to, you know, evangelize for them. Of course, I'm going to tell you, hey, I love me some cannons today. And oh, by the way, they're paying me to say this because I think it's only fair for you to say that, even if a lot of them don't. But anyway, if... And, you know, listen to people who spend their own money on their own cameras, you know, first of all, rather than having cameras given to them so that they can evangelize for them or become ambassadors. I say that in air quotes. So anyway, um, so, you know, Scott Kelby switches from Nikon to Canon and you're like, so what? You know, one, he ain't paying for it, so he can switch to whatever he wants. And two, you know, if you run out and get the same camera, Scott Kelby, trust me, you are not producing the same images as Scott Kelby be let's just keep it real folks you know this is a person with 30 plus years shooting who gets access to shoot on the sidelines of nfl games you know he has he has both the equipment and the access to the places to shoot so yeah you're gonna he's gonna come away with something a little better than we will um with a cheap camera on the sideline of a high school football game just saying anyway so you know not paying attention to what the celebrity photographers cameras are you know you aren't getting the same deal and you're not taking the same pictures so who don't 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 pay any attention to what they say number seven and the last one is buying for the wrong wow and and i don't you know i tell you what i see people walking around the cameras and it I could be projecting now my own bias onto them, but it seems to me that some people just buy cameras so that people can say, wow, when they look at the cameras. And I think a real photographer buys it so so people will say, wow, when they look at your photos. Now, I was at this... um, this workshop, this workshop about a month or so ago. And, you know, this guy who, who had, I'm not even going to say what kind of camera he had, but he was walking around with it. And you know these people because they spend $4,000 a camera. So they have to keep that little, um, you know, camera strap that says what camera it is and turn it outside, turn it so that you can, everyone can read it. And they just walk around back and forth indoors in a, in a conference room with this expensive camera hanging around their necks and they're not taking any pictures of anything it's basically just to show look what i have and it's just so silly to me because number one i don't see a lot of professionals you know advertising which camera they have with their camera straps because those camera straps are just the worst you know that's one of the first things i'd get rid of when i was shopping for accessories is to get a new camera strap that doesn't hang around my neck like a tourist but again my own bias so anyway you know people who just buy cameras to wear them like jewelry and not to take pictures you know that's a that's a a mistake a rookie mistake i think i think you find the camera that takes the best that'll help you produce the best images so that the wow comes from your photos and not from the stupid camera that you use to take them all right so that's seven rookie mistakes now not number one not considering how you'll use the camera 
Number two, not budgeting enough for your accessories. Number three, listening only to the salesman and not doing your research. Number four, not checking your existing network or any existing cameras you already have to see what might already be compatible. Number five, not uh, renting or checking it out first or shooting with it if somebody else you know owns it and will let you borrow it. Number six is listening to what the celebrity photographer has to say because... You know, who cares what they think? And number seven is buying for the wrong wow. The wrong wow. The wow with the camera, not the wow from the pictures. Now, so these are the seven mistakes that hit me as I think about, you know, the things we have to correct when I see people who are frustrated with their cameras, who have cameras that aren't doing what they really, really wanted them to do when they went shopping for the camera in the first place. And it's because usually they made one of these seven mistakes. And if you can stay away from these, then you should be a lot better off when you make your next purchased. Okay. Now I may have even forgotten some, so I'm going to ask you if you've made any mistakes when you were out buying for buying a camera or shopping for gear that I didn't cover here. what would that be? You know, just let me know in the comments of this episode, episode number 25. And I'd be interested in hearing what they are. And perhaps we can amend the list, amend the list uh, to include something that I, that you think I've have overlooked. All right. So that's it. Thank you so much. I hope those seven, um, those seven are helpful for you and help get, make help you make better buying decisions as you are looking for your next camera. Now, next we'll come back with some information on the the completely biased camera buying guide because I think that also will be helpful for you as you continue to research and buy the next camera or lens. Hi, this is Lynn from the Shutterbug Life podcast, and I want to introduce you to the completely biased camera buying guide. Now, this is a resource I've created to help you make the best gear buying decisions, and it's based on my lifetime of photography, my career shooting as a photojournalist and a freelance photographer, as well as my last five years as a photo coach where I've coached thousands of photographers around Washington, D.C., now, whenever I'm with photographers, or in, especially when I'm in in teaching and coaching mode with my workshops, I always get questions about what cameras should I buy next? And I find myself answering these questions over and over again. And so I created this as a resource for you when you have questions. And you'll find a number of things in this guide. First, you'll have just a lot of the posts I've created on buying a DSLR, on buying a camera, on buying lenses, and buying accessories, what you should buy, when you should buy, how you should think about buying. I've got all of those specific posts in one section called, called posts. Now, there's another section. Sometimes people will just say, just tell me which one to buy. And so I have a section for those of you who just want to know what to buy. I I have a number of recommendations and I've got them in four sections. The first is if you're just starting out and let's say you have about a thousand dollars to spend. 
So if you're in Canon or Nikon, I have some suggestions for the best bang for your buck there. Let's say you're an enthusiast. You're ready to upgrade and move to the next level. And you've got about 2500 ish to spend. I've got recommendations on specific what um, which camera body you should buy, which lenses you should buy, and other accessories. Let's say you're a little more serious now. You're a serious enthusiast. You want to spend somewhere between thirty five dollars to $4,000 Again, specific recommendations for you as well. And if you are also thinking about using it as part of a a non-photography business, because some people, and I have done this in the past, have used this for public relations, marketing, and social media for um, a non-photography-related business, you'll also find recommendations for that as well. Finally, if you are thinking about going pro, I've got a package there for, for... the aspiring professional photographer and everything you'll need to go pro. So you've got just about everything you need based on where you are and how much you have to spend and you have specific recommendations. Now, along with the specific recommendations, I've also linked them to my favorite photography store, B&H Photo Video in New York City. It's the big superstore there. My dad took me there Oh my goodness, for the first time more than 20 years ago. It was a very, it was a much smaller store then. And every time he went to New York, he'd always drag me to this B&H place because he just thought it was just the coolest store ever. Well, over time, I've f- f- fallen in love with them as well because they have, as, as I think, the best combination of competitive pricing as well as knowledgeable salespeople as well as just about everything you need in stock. And so, I wanted to be able to provide a service where I, where I say here, not only buy this, but here's how you, here's where you can buy it as well. And so in all of them, you can click through and buy it straight from B&H. Now, full disclosure, if you click through and buy it on my link, I'll make a small commission, a very small commission. I'm not getting rich on this, but I think it's helpful just, uh, you know, if you want to show some love for all of the resources I'm creating to help you buy um, your camera and your gear, that's one way of saying thank you. won't cost you anything, but it will also help me as I continue to add information to this buying guide, okay? So that's it. That's the completely biased camera buying guide, and no dribble, no politically correct talk. It's just what I think based on my experience, and I think, I think you will find that it's going to be helpful for you as well, all right? Now, if you have questions, you can always send them to me at email at lynn, L-Y-N, at shutterbuglife.com if you have questions about the buying guide or specific questions you want me to answer in upcoming posts. I'd love to consider those as well. All right? So good luck to you as you buy your next camera, and I'd love to hear all about it when you do. Well, thanks again for sticking with us for another episode of the Shutterbug Life, episode number 25. Hey, I am having so much fun with this. I'm, I can't believe we're almost halfway through the a year, you know, 25 of 
26 weeks will be halfway through the year, and that'll be next week. So we'll have a half-year celebration, if you will, um, since we've started this podcast. So um, uh, just a mini milestone, if you will, that I'm looking forward to. I'm glad you're joining us. We start every we start our weeks with the Shutterbug Life podcast, and if you think it's helpful or useful or fun for you, then tell a friend, invite someone else, uh, share the link with them so that they can also join our community. You can join the community in between episodes by going to our Facebook group. If you go to FB for Facebook dot it'll take you straight there. And of course, I've got a link going straight there from the website shutterbuglife.com as well. Um, yeah, so, and then if you're in the D.C. area, the meetup group is getting active now, and we're getting out, we're shooting a number of things, so I'd invite you, if you're in anywhere in the region, to come on out and try and join us for a shoot. There's lots of fun and friendly people in our community. Um, I am going to... Oh, that's right. If you want to see the guide and just a lot of inf- a lot of the things I've created on buying uh, buying your next camera, look at the the. I have a link to the completely biased camera buying guide. Uh, the show notes as well as going straight to it on the website. Find this episode, episode number 25, by going to shutterbuglife.com forward slash podcast. And then in the little search bar, you just put 025. That will take you straight to this episode. And then if you are going into it directly, you can use the bit.ly link. That's bit.ly forward slash shutterbuglife025. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe there and leave us a review. Love to see those. And also the same thing applies on Stitcher. You can also subscribe on the website, shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe. So you'll get emails directly from me when anything new goes out. So you don't miss anything. All right. So that's it for it. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I'm having fun and I hope you are too. And I'm looking forward to talking with you next week. So until then, enjoy your Shutterbug life. Take care. 